Hi, everybody. Welcome to Track Track. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Randy, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we kind of recorded a couple episodes really close together there a while back, and then life stuff happened and um, kind of knocked us off course a little bit. But, you know, we had uh, Travis bring us back around. And now we're back on course. <laughs> yeah, we had to, I mean, we definitely had to come back because this is the finale of season two. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about this for so long and, uh, yeah, we, we definitely got to bring it home so we can continue on to season three of Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we've been doing some stuff in the meantime. Yeah. We went to a uh, toy show, uh, the other weekend and mm-hmm. you actually got some Enterprise stuff. Well, you did too. Don't forget. Yes. But I've already had Enterprise things. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. Oh, so yeah, it was kind of my, uh, my ushering into the new era of owning a actual Star Trek Enterprise collectible. Yep. Um, I picked up the EVA suit, uh, Dr. Phlox, um, which actually apparently uh, someone else at this vendor, uh, wanted as well. It's um, a very hard to get figure at this point. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's like a six inch tall figure or taller. Yeah, it's probably seven. Seven inch. Yeah, and it's it's Flocks in a, in one of the Enterprise EVA suits, which I'm trying to remember if we've seen him in one yet. Yeah, we've um, seen him. Oh before. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's him, and uh, he has a removable head, <laughs> just like the real Flocks. Uh, no, it's a, he has his head in a, in a helmet to start with, but then he has a head that's uh, without helmet, and then he has uh, hands with gloves and hands without gloves. And uh, he's, it's actually pretty cool. It's a pretty detailed, nicely painted uh, figure. Um, and you got uh, to Paul. Yep, from that not, same vendor. Yeah, but not to Paul in a uh, EVA suit though, right? No, I just regular to Paul. Regular to Paul. So to Paul in her skin tight clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually a pretty cool uh, booth. Uh, it was all Star Trek. Yep. It was uh, the first time we've gone to one of these toy shows uh, in recent memory where there's been uh, a vendor there that's just just Star Trek stuff. I mean, they had a ton of stuff. Uh, um, prices were a little bit higher yeah. than we've seen before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think actually I did pretty well. Um, I got a, uh, Playmates, um, uh, I got some Playmates figures. Um, I got Neelix for only for two bucks. Neelix in his like patchwork pastel suit, which I basic, so basically with Justin's help, um, I was able to get two of the figures from the previous toy show that I regretted not getting, which were uh, Neelix in his pastel suit and uh, Dixon Hill, um, Dixon Hill, um, uh, Captain uh, Picard uh, from the, uh, the, uh, what do they call that thing? The holodeck series. Um, and, uh, and then, <laughs> and then a, another treat unexpected. Uh, I picked up uh, Commander Worf from uh, the episode of Fistful of Datas uh, in full Western regalia. And he comes with a tiny Alexander uh, <laughs> figure, a bonus Alexander scaled to his size figure. Uh, Alexander is also dressed as a cowboy. Um, so if you couldn't tell, and if you're new to the podcast, uh, I really enjoy collecting oddball 
uh, Star Trek figures. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all of the goofiest characters you will find in my collection so far. But no, it was pretty cool. I mean, even though they were a little more expensive, it was great, like, kind of having just this huge array of stuff. And then the show in general was pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, was a lot of cool stuff. It was the first time I had been to uh, that one. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where was it? Santa Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was like in a well, it was at a fairgrounds, but it was almost like this giant Zeppelin hangar or something. Mm-hmm. And uh there's lots of stuff and there were uh, people signing there were Ewoks signing autographs and Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams, yes, yes. Uh Colt forty five was himself was there. Uh no, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. And um it was just neat to see some more Star Trek stuff finally at one of these shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, you finally got some Enterprise merch. I know, I know. Uh, we we kind of set out to look for that stuff a while back, and we were just kind of striking out, and you had to order it online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they had some in person. So, uh, yeah, I think that's been about it. <laughs> I mean, life stuff, but... Yeah, there's no a lot of life stuff. No one wants to hear stuff. about that. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Star Trek Enterprise? Oh, you know I do. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 2, Episode 25, Bounty, original air date May 14th, 2003. Uh, the episode opens with a Captain Starlog on March 21st, 2153. Archer and Trip have been exploring an uninhabited planet for three days, uh, but they had to make a quick return to Enterprise to greet an unexpected visitor. Uh, there's a Tellerate ship. Uh, floating near Enterprise, and the captain insists on speaking with Archer. Uh, the captain, whose name is Scalar, uh, recommends some places on the planet below that Archer should visit, and he's more than happy to serve as a tour guide. Hmm. He's a little too happy to do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, later, Archer tells Trip that T'Pol told him that Tellerits like to argue. Uh, Archer and Trip open the docking bay door, and Scalar shoots Trip. Archer fights with Scalar, but ends up getting shot himself and gets taken aboard the Tellerate ship. Uh, opening credits when the episode comes back. On the bridge, Hoshi has detected weapons fire on E-Deck at the airlock. Uh, the Tellerate ship breaks free from Enterprise and disables the Enterprise's starboard nacelle. Acting Captain Reed recalls everyone from the planet's surface, including T'Pol. Uh, in the decontamination area, uh, Flox tells T'Pol that she can't go to the bridge because she has an unusual microbe on her. Both T'Pol and Flox have to be decontaminated. Uh, on Scalar's ship, Archer's locked up. In the decon chamber on Enterprise, Flox tells T'Pol that the microbe on her is resisting the usual decon procedures, so Flox suggests a gel, but it'll take several hours before Flox knows whether the gel's effective or not. Um, Flox guesses that they were infected by some marsupials he found on the planet. As T'Pol rubs the gel on Flox's back, she briefly has an odd look on her face, and the music changes. Uh, oh boy. Letting the audience know that something's going on. Mm-hmm. On the Tellerit ship, Scar calls someone named Captain Goroth. He tells Goroth that he has the fugitive, Archer, and he is going to bring Archer to Kronos. Oh no. It's a follow up to the episode Judgment. Yep. 
Uh, Groth wants Archer brought to a different location, however. On the bridge of the Enterprise, Reed thought they were following Scholar's ship, but it turns out they've actually been following a decoy. On the Tellert ship, uh, Archer tries to explain the situation to Scholar, and uh, Scholar seems somewhat sympathetic, but won't change his mind. In the decon chamber on Enterprise, T'Pol is trying to meditate while Phlox is scanning her. Uh, she's developed a fever and has elevated dopamine levels, and Phlox is worried that the microbe is causing these problems. Uh, T'Pol is freaking out a bit uh, that she can't help Archer. She breaks out of the decon chamber to go to the bridge, but Phlox stops her, and she really loses her cool and then realizes that she's losing control over her emotions. Uh-oh. On the Tellerit ship, Scalar once used the money uh, that he'll get from the Klingons uh, to get someone or something named Tezra back. The Tellerit on the other end of the call wants nothing to do with Scalar. Uh, Archer discovers that Tezra is a cargo ship. Uh, suddenly, another ship appears, and a man named Kago uh, hails Scar. Kago is another bounty hunter, and he wants Archer. There's a ship battle, and Archer offers to pilot the ship while Scar makes repairs, and Scar agrees. Uh, Archer flies in the atmosphere of a nearby L-class planet. Once they're in the clouds, Archer has Scalar release the remaining beacons, so Kago will have uh, only one in three chances of finding Scalar's ship. Archer gets the upper hand and disables Kago's ship, forcing it to land. However, Scalar's ship has taken too much damage, so they too have to land in order to make repairs. Uh, in the decon chamber on Enterprise, Phlox is awakened by T'Pol, who was rubbing more gel on him while he was sleeping. Flox uh, <laughs> uh, is not into this. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Tapal reveals that she has the Ponfar madness. Oh boy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, which she has never had before. Flox hmm. um, hypothesizes that the infection acted as a catalyst for the Ponfar. Uh, all she knows is that she has to mate with a male or she will die. On the L class planet, Archer and Scalar are repairing the Tellerate ship. Scalar mentions that if Kago gets the reward money, he'll probably waste it on Orion slave girls. <laughs> Whereas Scalar wants the money to pay off the impound fees on Tezra so he can go back to being a freighter captain. Uh, Scalar lost Tezra when he wanted to take a shortcut through what he thought was an insignificant part of Klingon space. Uh, but turns out there are no insignificant parts of Klingon space. Of course not. Uh, while Scalar is telling his story, Archer sabotages the ship's engine. In the decon chamber on Enterprise, Phlox is trying to find a way to alleviate T'Pol's symptoms while she struggles to keep her urges in check. Uh, she gets very forward, but Phlox is saved by the bell when Trip calls to tell them that he brought them some food. Uh-oh. Phlox leaves T'Pol in the decon chamber, but as Phlox is talking to Trip, uh, T'Pol gets out and ravenously eats the food that she was given. <laughs> I noted that she even uses her hands, mm -hmm. which is not something she does. Right. Uh, on the bridge, Reed tells Trip that they found the warp signatures they were looking for. Uh, two of them were coming from beacons, and one was from a ship on the surface of the planet below. 
Trip calls the one ship that has the one bio sign they've detected. Uh, it's Cargo. Uh, <laughs> Cargo explains to Trip that the Cleons put a price on Archer's head and that Archer is probably on his way to Cleon space. The Enterprise heads off to Cleon space as fast as they can. Uh, the Tellerite ship makes it to a space station in which Galar asks his brother for help with repairing the ship. Uh, his brother wants nothing to do with any of this because he does honest work scrubbing plasma injectors while Scalar is a bounty hunter. Uh, Scalar's brother tells Scalar that the Tetra has been ripped apart by the Klingons anyway. Uh, Archer argues that the Klingons took Scalar's ship and damaged his relationship with his brother and all he'll get in exchange for delivering Archer to them is 9,000 Darsics. Uh, Scalar responds that he has no choice. If he frees Archer, he'll be killed. Uh, but Archer has a plan. In the decon chamber on Enterprise, T'Pol is freaking out. Phlox tries to inject her with a hypo spray, but he's tired of fighting her, so he sets her free from the decon chamber. Uh, <laughs> Seems like a good idea. Well, after all, Denobulan medical ethics prevent him from treating patients against their will. Oh, true, true. As T'Pol is entering the code to open the door, uh, Phlox tries to inject her with the hypo spray, but she knocks him out. Turns out that the code Flox gave her was a lie, so she just rips the panel off and forces the door open, and she leaves. Flox uh, wakes up and tells Trip to evacuate D deck. On D deck, Reed and a security team, all of whom are wearing environmental suits, are looking for T'Pol. Uh, she stops Reed and tries to seduce him. Uh, Reed refuses, so she pushes him down and runs away. Uh, but she doesn't get far. Uh, Reed and the security team surround her, and Reed has to stun her with a phase pistol. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere, the Tellerid ship has docked with the Klingon ship. Uh, Klingons take Archer and give Sklar his payment, but it's only 6,000 Darsics, not the nine he was promised, and the Klingon ship warps away. Turns out Klingons are kind of jerks. Yeah, who would have guessed, right? Uh, Sklar then hails Enterprise. On the Klingon ship, Archer gets free of his handcuffs and opens a secret compartment in them, which houses a lock-picking device. Uh, Archer escapes and knocks out the Klingon guard, then shoots more Klingons with the disruptor he picked up. Uh, as he tries to open a locked door, he gets shot at. A firefight ensues, and Archer shoots the lock and escapes in an escape pod. The Klingon ship gets a tractor beam on the pod, but Enterprise appears and starts shooting the Klingon ship. During the ship battle, Enterprise manages to pick up the escape pod with the grappler. Mm -hmm. Enterprise then disables the Klingon ship and flies off once Archer is safely aboard. In the decon chamber, Phlox injects an unconscious DePaul with a, hip, uh, with a hypospray. Uh, she wakes up. And Phlox tells her that the microbe has been eliminated from her system, and her premature ponfar has ended. Uh, she doesn't seem to recall her actions when she was consumed by the ponfar madness. Yeah, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, later, Archer returns to the bridge, and Trip tells him the Klingons are returning to Kronos. Uh, Archer asks about T'Pol, and Reed tells him it's a long story. Uh, Sklar hails Archer. Sklar is in the clear because there's no way they, uh, the Klingons would know that he gave Archer the lockpick, and mm. he has the 6,000 Darsics with which to buy a freighter. 
Uh, Sklar warns Archer that it's likely the Klingons have doubled the price on Archer's head. Uh, Archer hopes that Sklar won't be the one to come and collect the bounty. No promises, Sklar jokes, as the episode ends. Oh, Sklar. Yeah, what a jokester. <laughs> this one could have been called um, To Paul Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally wild. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad episode. <laughs> um, I, I, I liked, uh, once again, that there was the continuity between episodes this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing, again, more kind of, I guess you'd say, fallout from uh, the episode Judgment. Um, where, you know, Archer has that price on his head and, uh, you know, he's already kind of had a couple run-ins with the Klingons, uh, and, uh, has managed to get away and clearly they're not going to uh, let him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I kind of liked the Scalar and his, you know, like he doesn't really want to be a bounty hunter, but he has to cause he wants his ship back and then that sort of thing. Um, I, I thought that, you know, they they obviously went for the really low hanging fruit, as it were, with the the whole uh, T'Pol story, uh, B story. Yeah, that uh, the T'Pol B story really felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it would have been a stronger episode had they just focused on the Archer Klingon situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was just it was very random. Uh, it was a random kind of sub story to tack on. I thought, and it was clearly just for, like, titillation, you know? Um, it was, you know, I don't know if this is the second, third, fourth, fifth time that we've seen, you know, T'Pol wearing next to nothing in the decon chamber, you know? Right. Uh, they seem to really, uh, you know, not pass up any opportunity to do that. So, um, no, I mean, I, I thought it was just kind of an okay episode. Um, it didn't really... It didn't really blow me away. Yeah, it's weird for the penultimate episode of the season mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. just kind of standard. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, at least it continued. At least there was some continuity in the episode. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good that there's continuity. I like to see more of that in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. This episode just kind of was kind of whatever for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next episode is The Expanse. Uh, but first, let's take a little break. UPN next Wednesday. Witness the event of the season. An unknown alien race devastates Earth. And for the Enterprise crew... Find the people who did this. A dangerous new mission. Need me. After this, nothing will be the same. The chilling Enterprise season finale you can't miss. The Expanse next Wednesday on UPN. And we're back. Let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 2, Episode 26, the season finale, The Expanse. Uh, Original air date, May 21st, 2003. Uh, Take it away, Randy. All right, so this episode uh, starts in Earth's orbit. Uh, It's a nice uh, beauty shot of our home planet. Uh, when a spherical ship appears, uh, it goes into Earth's orbit and fires a powerful beam uh, that ends up cutting basically a canyon uh, into the surface of the planet. Uh, it finishes its attack uh, and then explodes and flies off in pieces. 
Uh, and then we have our opening credits. So a uh, pretty jarring intro. Yeah, I do wish. I mean, granted, this came out in the early 2000s, but the CG does not hold up. Oh, no. <laughs> it's pretty horrible. Um, but we come back from uh, the credits, uh, and we are back at the Klingon High Council on Kronos. Uh, Captain Duras, uh, who you may remember from this season, uh, from uh, originally the episode Judgment, uh, which we just talked about uh, uh, when we were discussing the previous episode Bounty. Um, so there's some continuity here again, obviously. Uh, he, Duras is getting yelled at by his superiors uh, for letting Archer escape twice. Uh, he's basically being given one more chance to succeed in capturing the fugitive uh, Captain Archer, and he promises them he won't fail again, and he will regain his honor. So we know that he's going to be in this episode. Mm. Um, on Enterprise, uh, Archer uh, has the solemn duty of informing his senior staff uh, about the probe uh, and its attack on Earth. It turns out that it ended up cutting a swath of destruction 4,000 kilometers long, uh, stretching from Florida to Venezuela. Um, Admiral Forrest has recalled Enterprise to Earth, and they begin their trip back at maximum warp. Uh, next, we're in Archer's ready room. Uh, Trip enters, uh, and he and Archer talk about Trip's sister, uh, who, uh, as far as he knew, was living in Florida at the time uh, where the attack started. Uh, and obviously, he's very worried about his sister. Um, Archer tells Trip that he unfortunately doesn't know which specific areas of uh, Florida were destroyed by the attack. Uh, Topal enters the room and tells them that the remains of the probe had have been discovered in Asia and taken to Starfleet. Uh, the remains were studied, and a pilot's body was found inside. Uh, as this is happening, uh, the Enterprise is approached by several Sulaban ships. Uh, Reed sounds his read alert, I mean, tactical alert, uh, but some Sulaban beam on board and end up capturing Archer. Uh, they take him on board uh, their command ship, which turns out is uh, Silic's ship. Uh, where he meets uh, with Silic. Uh, Silic takes him to his boss, who is, of course, the shadowy man from the future. Uh, the shadow man uh, tells Archer uh, that he had nothing to do with the attack on Earth, and that the attack was carried out by a race called the Zendi. Um, they have learned, apparently, that humans will destroy their homeworld in 400 years. Uh, and that they were testing a weapon that they've been developing that is capable of destroying the Earth before that happens. Uh, this was a test firing of a smaller version, but they're apparently developing a larger version, almost like a Death Star, if you will. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Shadow Man says that in his timeline, the Earth hasn't been destroyed uh, during that time period. Uh, so if the Zendi aren't stopped, uh, it could have a profound effect on the future timeline. Uh, Archer is returned to the Enterprise, uh, at which point he tells to Paul what happened. Uh, of course, uh, as with all things time travel related, uh, she is skeptical of the shadowy figure's claims. Of course. Yep, because no matter how much evidence, it's almost like the, the Scully from the X-Files. No matter how much evidence to Paul sees of time travel, 
Uh, she just refuses to acknowledge it's possible. Yeah, it's really ridiculous at this point. <laughs> so, um, you know, I laugh, but this is a pretty grim situation. Uh, in fact, uh, as uh, the Enterprise continues its trip back to Earth, uh, Archer updates his star log uh, with the uh, grim news that 7 million people uh, on Earth were killed in the Zindi attack on the planet. So pretty high stakes. Um, so upon returning, uh, to our solar system, uh, Enterprise comes out of warp and is pretty much immediately attacked by a Klingon bird of prey captained by, uh, Duras. Uh, Enterprise is pretty severely damaged, uh, but fortunately three Starfleet ships show up, uh, and send Duras packing. Um, next up in Starfleet headquarters... Uh, Archer is meeting with Admiral Forrest and um, Saval from the uh, Vulcan High Command. Uh, they both express doubt in what the Shadow Man has told Archer. Um, Archer, nonetheless, uh, asks for permission to take the Enterprise to find the Zendi homeworld, uh, hoping to avert a catastrophe. Um, Saval tells Archer that the uh, Zendi homeworld is located in an area called the Delphic Expanse. Uh, hence the title of the episode. Uh, this is an unusual area of space where the laws of physics don't always apply. Uh, Archer likens it to the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, Archer tells Forrest that the Shadow Man has actually given him some proof uh, that the time travel story is true and the Zendi were responsible for the attack. Uh, he takes uh, Admiral Forrest and Saval to the wreckage of the Zendi probe, uh, and produces a uh, device from the wreckage. Um, they use a scanner uh, to determine that uh, this part comes from the future. Uh, so it fits into the Shadow Man story. Uh, Forrest says that, uh, tells Archer uh, that he'll try to get approval for the mission, uh, and then Archer is shown uh, the body of the alien pilot. Uh, Saval asks Archer if it is a Zendi, and he says he intends to find out. Uh, back on Enterprise, uh, in the sickbay, um, Phlox and Archer are there, uh, along with a Vulcan doctor who says his name is Ferrat. Uh, he claims to be checking Archer for signs of exposure to peritic radiation uh time radiation from the probe. Uh, Phlox uh, is looking through some Vulcan records and discovers that the doctor isn't who he says he is, and he's actually a psychiatrist uh, who is sent to discredit Archer's story. Uh, Archer becomes angry, as does Phlox, and tells Phlox to take Ferrat off the Enterprise. Down on Earth, uh, in what remains of uh, South Florida, uh, Reed and Trip are surveying the destruction uh, where Trip's sister once lived. Uh, it is pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. There's basically a giant canyon carved through the earth. Uh, everything is pretty much destroyed. Trip is pretty distraught, obviously. Uh, he's reminiscing about uh, some of their, their childhood, uh, uh, you know, childhood hangouts and a movie theater there where he used to take his sister. Uh, and he is pretty sure that she's dead. Um, no one has heard from her since the attack. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty grim. Um, next up, Archer updates his star log, uh, with some good news. And that's that Starfleet has authorized the mission into the Delphic expanse, uh, up in orbit. 
Archer and Forrest are in a uh, a pod uh, overlooking uh, the starship Columbia uh, that is under construction in uh, Space Dock. It's the second NX-class starship. Uh, Forrest tells Archer that the Columbia, when finished, will have all of the same upgrades and armaments that they're currently retrofitting onto Enterprise. Uh, he says that the Columbia is due for completion in 14 months, and he hopes that Archer and the Enterprise are back to Earth by then. Uh, Archer tells Forrest that some of his officers, after being told about the mission, have decided to leave the Enterprise. Um and it is also revealed that Archer has requested some military officers uh, to join the mission. Uh, he tells Forrest that, uh, based on what he knows of the Delphic Expanse, he thinks they may need some uh, heavy firepower, basically. Yeah, you don't really see uh, non-Starfleet personnel uh, in Star Trek. Mm, no, never. And I don't think we actually end up seeing them in this episode. But, but the idea mentioned. of a military outside of Starfleet. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, you think Starfleet is basically the, all the militaries rolled into one? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but apparently not. And I guess we're going to see that in the future. Uh, on Enterprise and Sickbay, uh, Paul and Phlox are talking. Um, she asks him if he's sure he wants to stay for the mission. Uh, he asks her the same, basically. Uh, she reveals that she's been uh, forbidden by Vulcan High Command to stay aboard Enterprise during the mission to the Expanse. Uh, she says she has to obey their orders. Um, but, to, but Phlox tells her uh, that she actually has a difficult choice to make, and it's one that will show where her true allegiance is. Uh, also on Enterprise in the Armory, Reed and Trip are back up on the ship. And they're looking at some of the new armaments that are being brought on board, including uh, its new photonic torpedoes. That's right. Not just regular torpedoes. Well, photonic or photon torpedoes. Yep. So we've got something We've got something from, uh, from Trek Cannon on board again. I get it, uh, Trek Cannon. Get it, get it. <laughs> Phaser cannons. Uh, back at Starfleet, uh, Saval is uh, showing Archer... Uh, so Archer's back at Starfleet now. <laughs> so uh, back at Starfleet, Saval is showing Archer and Forrest some footage taken from a Vulcan journey into the Delphic Expanse. It's from a ship called the Vankara. Uh, its crew in the footage are basically losing control uh, of their emotions and killing each other. Um, it's not clear, I don't think, who shot this footage, but it's clearly being shot by someone with a camera and not just, like, security cameras or something. <laughs> uh, and the person shooting the footage doesn't seem to be going crazy, so I guess maybe they just hired a, uh, a camera person to come over. Maybe it was Anyways. a robot. Maybe it was a robot. It could have been a Vulcan robot. So basically the idea is, here's what could happen if you decide to go on this crazy mission. Uh, look what happened to us. Uh, later on, outside of uh, Starfleet Command, uh, Saval is speaking with T'Pol. Um, he tells her that she's being reassigned to the Ministry of Information on Vulcan. Uh, she actually argues with Saval and says that it should be her decision whether she stays aboard the Enterprise. So she's clearly torn about the order she's being given. Mm -hmm. uh, on board Enterprise now, uh, Forrest is seeing Archer off, and it's revealed that the Enterprise... Uh, will be returning to Paul to Vulcan. Um, I noted that as they leave a uh, space dock, it's the same footage used in Broken Bow <laughs> <laughs> when they first launched. But you know, you got to get some extra mileage out of that. I'm sure it wasn't cheap to make. Uh, 
and Enterprises, and I guess look really different. Uh, elsewhere at this point, uh, we see Duras's Bird of Prey. Uh, his crew detects uh, that the Enterprise is en route to Vulcan, and Duras tells his crew to get ready for battle. Uh, back on Enterprise, Archer and Trip are drinking and talking about all of the recent events that have transpired. Um, they discuss how they're going to miss T'Pol since she's going back to Vulcan. Uh, but Trip kind of half jokes that at least they won't have to listen to her crap about non-interference anymore. Uh, and they both agree that they can now do what quote, whatever it takes to stop the Zendi. So they're, they're pissed off. And I guess as you would be, yeah, you know, understandable. 7 million people are killed, but it's a definite shift in tone. Uh, I think from the show, right? They're basically going on a mission to potentially destroy these Zindi guys. <laughs> uh, just then, interrupting their drink, uh, Duras attacks. Uh, Archer heads to the bridge and tells Reed to fire their new photonic torpedoes. Uh, they end up damaging the Klingon ship enough that they're able to escape and head on to Vulcan. Uh, later, uh, Vol- or T'Pol enters Archer's ready room and tells him that she intends to remain on Enterprise and plans to uh, resign her Vulcan commission. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Archer kind of tries to, to talk her out of it, but then cons- she persists and he considers what she said and exits to the bridge. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's the natural evolution of her character, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she's all by the book in the beginning, and then she gets loyalty to the crew. Yeah, I mean, she spent so much time with these humans, and it, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting, I think, of evolution of her character. I mean, you know, from spending this amount of time, and I think it's it kind of mirrors what happens with Spock mm-hmm. in 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 Star in in Star Trek Prime, or I, maybe in the uh, in the the alternate universe too. Uh, so, like I said, um, Archer exits out to the bridge. Uh, after some consideration, and tells Mayweather to alter their course from Vulcan to the Delphic Expanse. As they're heading there, we get another Starlog update from Captain Archer, uh, letting the audience know that the ship has been traveling for seven weeks at warp five. So maximum warp for more than a month and a half. The engines seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, Enterprise reaches the expanse and heads into the clouds that surround it. Uh, but after six hours of passing through these clouds, they still haven't detected anything. Uh, suddenly, uh, their sensors spot three objects, which turn out to be three uh, Klingon birds of prey under the command of Duras. Uh, the birds of prey open fire and start a pursuit of Enterprise into the expanse. Uh, knowing that the Klingons are um, not really up to going into the Expanse, uh, it seems like this place has a pretty bad rep all around. Uh, Archer orders Mayweather to keep going further into the Expanse as fast as possible. Uh, two of Duras's ships uh, clearly aren't up for this and break off and flee, but Duras pursues in his command ship. Uh, Enterprise fires some more photonic torpedoes at Duras, but learns that uh, he's put all of his shields full forward in response so that he can avoid being damaged. Uh, Archer tells Mayweather to perform an L4 maneuver, uh, basically a loop to come in behind Duras, where he is unshielded. Uh, They perform the maneuver and fire more torpedoes at the unshielded aft section of Duras's ship, 
destroying it along with uh along with Duras, along with I'm, the nemesis uh, it's self-defense yeah it is but i mean it's pretty it's pretty bold i mean they're they're just flat out destroying <laughs> klingon ships now uh after you know this pretty big explosion the enterprise uh exits the clouds and into the expanse itself uh archer tells mayweather to continue quote straight and steady let's see what's in there and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, this was a good one. Um, oh, it was great. Yeah. Really ramping up uh, the stakes. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it actually reminded me of Starship Troopers uh, mm. with when the uh, bugs attacked Buenos Aires. And, the, uh-huh. and then they all decided <laughs> we have to go fight the bugs. I guess technically isn't this after that movie came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's any inspiration there. No, I don't. No, but no, I, mean, I mean, it just reminded me of that. Yeah. One. Oh, well, I know, but I mean, it's 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 high stakes for sure. I mean, it set it like I said earlier. It, I feel like it set a, a different, very different tone mm-hmm. for the show. Um, and it's I think a really great setup for season three. Yeah, they're not just uh, goofing around. They have a purpose. Uh, yeah, they have a mission now. Well, I guess they had a mission before, which was to, you know, the the good old explain, or explain, <laughs> explore strange new worlds, etc. But um, this seems to have a much more serious modern edge to it now. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I haven't really looked into the background on, on what they were thinking when they went, went in this direction. Um but I'm I'm assuming there are probably some discussions about the the direction the show should take. Um, so it looks like we've got a pretty major story arc coming up. So we got to see a new NX ship as well, mm-hmm. uh, the Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little foreshadowing. They'll show up later. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a shame that it looks exactly the same as Enterprise, but <laughs> you know it uh, saves money. I guess that's the way it is, though, right? I remember on Next Gen when they, um, was it the, I always forget if it's the Yamato or the Yamamoto, uh, they, the sister ship of the Enterprise D, it lo- ends up looking exactly like it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it would have been interesting if it had like a different hull design or something. But clearly they were just reusing, <laughs> they were using footage from the pilot. Right. Uh, yeah. It was cool to see them go back to Starfleet, get all the mm-hmm. new weaponry, uh, just get geared up for this mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. Did they explain why only Enterprise is going out there? You mean it's not why it's not being joined by the uh, the other ships? Like I think the Intrepid is one of them. The ships that help them fight Duras off when they get back to the solar system. Yeah. No, they don't explain that. It was just kind of like. Let's just send this one ship. We've clearly got others that are armed. <laughs> you know, maybe they're, but I, I mean, I'm guessing maybe those ships aren't up for that, that, uh, length of journey. Yeah. I mean, the Enterprise is the fastest ship. Yeah. And they said they've been traveling at warp five for seven weeks. So I'm guessing the other ships wouldn't be able to, um, to go along with them. And Unless plus, they if attach they, to the Enterprise. Plus, if they lose the Enterprise crew, they're not losing a whole bunch of other people, too. <laughs> That's really grim. Well, I'm just saying, right? The, the expanse makes you go crazy, apparently. Oh, right, right, right. They won't be losing all their defenses. Like, what if the Zendi show up at Earth in the meantime? Mm-hmm. They won't have any defenses because it's going to take 14 months to finish. Um, it's going to take 14 months to finish the the Columbia. I mean, the other thing would be, I mean, I guess they could call in support from the Vulcans, or you know, 
Right. I, I'm also curious what this is going to mean. In the meantime, I'm wondering if, if this next season is going to deal at all with any kind of escalation between uh, Klingon or between the Klingons and Earth. Um, probably, because I mean, because of 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 destroying and uh, destroying Duras's ship and killing Klingons. I yeah, mean, I mean, Archer is a fugitive who escaped a Klingon colony, a uh, penal colony, mm-hmm. and now he's destroyed a Klingon ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it seems like so far that the the relationship between Earth, the relationship between Starfleet and the Klingons, has been. You know, it's been warm, but it hasn't been heated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the with the the pilot, the Starfleet returned uh, the Klingon to the you know returned the 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 Klingon uh, found on on Earth and Broken Bow to to the Klingons. Um, and there, Ashley looked for a moment there, like the Klingons were kind of like, "Hey, Archer's actually helped us out a couple times." You know, like mm-hmm. like let's not kill them. <laughs> that kind of thing. But now it seems to be heading more in the direction of uh, the original series where Klingons and Starfleet are, are adversaries. So right. maybe that's, maybe we're seeing the beginnings of that. Yeah. With what Archer did. So way to go, Archer. I'm well, just kidding. Like not, you said, it was self-defense. It was self-defense. I mean, Duras kept chasing after him. Yeah. Shooting at him and stuff. You got to defend yourself, right? It was honorable. <laughs> oh, well, it's true. He died in battle. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if there will be any conflicts between Starfleet and the military mm-hmm. on this mission. Mm-hmm. I uh, haven't seen what's going to come of that. Um, I'm kind of doubting it, given the general optimism of Enterprise as a show. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe, yeah. Well, I have to see what, what that really what that really brings in. I mean, I'm guessing it means that they're going to encounter some situations that... I don't know, will lead to some firefights and stuff <laughs> where they need heavy weapons and soldiers. So we'll see. I mean, I, I would say, let's say overall this episode, I mean, even more so than the end of season one uh, with the, uh, the kind of the city on the edge of forever destroyed, you know, the destroyed city with Daniels and, and everything in the future that that had me excited to see what happened with season two, but I would say this is has me way more curious. Yeah, I mean the stakes are really happen. high, and mm-hmm. uh, they're off on a quest for revenge, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's just more interesting in general. Yeah, so um, I hope. Uh, I mean, the Zindi are so bad that Silic is working with Archer. <laughs> you right? So that shows you the stakes. So no, I'm excited. I'm excited. It was a great episode. Um, it's just given me, uh, it's given me even more excitement going into seasons three and four, which we've already, you know, kind of picked up or supposedly where it really, really gets good. Yeah, I'm really glad that season two ended up this way mm-hmm. uh, because it was a pretty rough in the beginning. Yeah, um, especially with a night in sickbay. Oh, it couldn't be. It's like two different shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when people were saying you should watch Enterprise, um, I was just like, I don't know, man. The first season was, there were some good episodes, but it was kind of boring. And then the second season is like the worst episode ever. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, I'm, I am glad that it, it's getting a lot more interesting at this point. Yeah. We can definitely see what, what people are talking about within this episode. So, so high hopes. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about season three uh, 
a little later on. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. We've, uh, uh, finished another season enterprise folks. Yeah. Another one in the books. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Yep. See you soon. Yeah.